Hello and welcome to CHB Sports Episode 9, where we will be recapping all seven of our college games that we talked about last Thursday and recapping Week 8 in the NFL action as well as the on-track action at Martinsville Speedway in the NASCAR Cup Series playoff race this week and who's advancing to the championship for all that coming up next. We start off our college football slate with the first game that we talked about on Thursday, the Troy Trojans and the number 24 Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. Chanticleers came into this one 6-1, will leave 7-1 with a 35-28 win over Troy as expected. A little bit closer than we would have thought as the spread was 19 for Coastal. Um, but they cleared that mark of the over-under of 52, uh, clearly with 63 points, and um Coastal actually beat this Troy team by less points than South Carolina did when they played on October 2nd. So, um, not so hot offensively and defensively for Coastal, but a win's a win. So, good for Coastal to get to 6-1, and one, and that was kind of as we expected. Our second game was between the Florida State Seminoles and the Clemson Tigers. Tigers entering this one 4-3, and three, Florida State at 3-4, and four, and... Um, Clemson had some more issues with Florida State than I expected as they uh, ended up covering the spread of 10 points exactly, winning this one 30-20. Uh, to 20. But um, I expected them to beat a pretty poor FSU team by more points than that, um, even with their lackluster offense, uh, how it's been this season. But they were able to win it by exactly on the spread that I was expected. So good win for them as they'll get to 5-3. and three. And they look to have a uh, weaker schedule coming up with uh, Louisville and UConn and, uh, as, uh, before they wrap up the season against South Carolina. They have one more game that I can't think of, but um, that's where they'll go from here. Our next game and our first big game of the week was the number six Michigan Wolverines and the number eight Michigan State Spartans, both entering this one 7-0. and Michigan was fared by three and a half with no over of 51 easily cleared with uh, 60 points combined. Michigan had a big lead in this one up uh, double digits, 30 to 14, before they eventually blew that and lost the game 33 to 37. Michigan State's uh, running back had a big day with five total touchdowns, I believe. Um, and just the Spartans had, had it rolling. <coughs> Rolling in that one, Kenneth Walker the third uh, from Michigan State had 23 carries for 197 yards, five touchdowns, and they come from behind win uh, to get Michigan State to eight and zero. Oh, um, we'll see where they're ranked in the first playoff rankings tonight, as those released uh, tonight. And the AP poll starts to matter a lot less, and the college football playoff poll is the one that really starts to matter starting this week. But tough break from Michigan, but uh, they can bounce back from. Uh, the one loss, especially when Michigan uh, went was to such a quality opponent like Michigan State, who was um, only two spots behind them in the rankings. But uh, Michigan definitely will probably need to beat Ohio State in order to make the playoff at this point. And we'll see um, how Michigan State goes from here, as I believe they still have Penn State left on the schedule. Our next game was between the number nine Iowa Hawkeyes and the Wisconsin Patchers who kind of ironically, we talked about how Wisconsin last week had beaten Purdue and Iowa was on bye, but the week before the bye, they lost to Purdue. Um, but I still thought Iowa could 
would probably win this one. I know Wisconsin was favored, but I believed in that Iowa defense to stop them enough that they would um, be able to win that one. But man, was I wrong as Wisconsin just rolled this one up 20 to zero at the half and winning it 27 to seven. Um, Iowa never had a chance in this one. Wisconsin just took control and ran away with it. Um, as Wisconsin will get to five and three, and that drops Iowa to two straight losses um, with the bye week in between them to drop them from six and zero and in the top five down to six and two as they go tumbling down the rankings, much like Penn State, uh, who we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but our next game was between the number one Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators. Uh, and man, what could have been this one? Florida looked so good to start the season, almost being Alabama, giving them a really good scare before they've slipped up recently and lost several games, uh, to Kentucky, um, Alabama, who we mentioned, and they lost, um, one more, I know, um, but they've dropped back to four and three coming in this one. Georgia was seven now, obviously, with that super high defense. Both these teams coming off the bye, um, Neutral site in Jacksonville, as always, and Georgia's defense came to play once again, and um, it was too much for Florida to handle. As this this game was almost a three zero Georgia game at the halftime, that ends up being twenty four zero from three consecutive a fumble, um, a strip fumble, uh, and Georgia scores a touchdown, an interception, and Georgia scores a touchdown, and then a pick six in the half, and in. Uh, just like a little over two minutes, the game went from 3-0 to 24-0 Georgia. Georgia wins it 34-7. They don't um, they don't uh, cross the over-unders. They only combined 41. The over-under was 50. But Georgia covers the spread and more of the 14.5 points when we talked about it on Thursday. So good win for Georgia, even though it doesn't look that great on paper with a board for Florida's team. They still um, – beat a rival on a neutral side. So good win for Georgia as they look to keep it rolling and uh, soon clinch the SEC um, East. Actually, they did clinch the SEC East, I believe, with the win over Florida and um, Mississippi State beating Kentucky. Number 12, Kentucky failed to Mississippi State. So um, as expected, we'll see Georgia in the SEC championship game coming up soon, and we'll go from there um, when we see who's going to come out of the West. Pretty much done. It's going to be Alabama. <laughs> um, our next game was between the number 10 Old Miss Rebels and the number 18 Auburn Tigers. Old Miss was coming to this at 6-1 and one with uh, consecutive wins over quality opponents like Tennessee and um, Tennessee and LSU. Uh, the offense had been firing well, but the de- and the defense had been showing signs of improvement. But, um, man, the struggles – of going for it on fourth down the red zone for Lane Kiffin in the Rebels in this one as uh, they turn the ball over on downs three times in the red zone in this one. And Auburn coming off the bye was just um, hot. Bo Nix had himself a good day going 22 of 30 for 276 and a touchdown. Matt Corral was not so great uh, for Ole Miss, though. I think he was kind of nursing a leg injury. And uh, Auburn was able to – uh, win this one 31 to 20. Um, I thought it would definitely be competitive as we talked about, but um, I didn't expect Auburn to come away with it like they did and really just take it to um, 
the Rebels in this one, but good win for Auburn. They get to six and two, and um, they could be a team that could be there with Alabama in the Iron Bowl again. Is I mean, I wouldn't count on it, but Auburn has been competitive with Alabama a lot recently, and um, if they can give them the same kind of issues that A and M did when they beat them, look out for Auburn because they could be sneaky um, in that SEC West race coming up. And our last game in the college football slate was the uh, number 20 Penn State Nittany Lions and the number 5 Ohio State Buckeyes in the Big Ten battle. Um, Ohio State was favored big in this one by 17.5, a spread of 59.5, which was actually just barely not covered. The, I mean, over under of 59.5 as uh, they combined for 57. Ohio State wins it 33-24 as expected, but a lot closer than I would have thought as Penn State played them tough. Uh, in this one, and um, good one for the Buckeyes, even over a uh, opponent like that in Penn State. Um, despite their struggles recently, um, still good to get a top 20 win even at home, and the Buckeyes just keep rolling from that slow start of the season and just keep winning, winning, winning. So good win for the Buckeyes, and um, we'll see if they uh, where they rank in the college football poll that comes out tonight. Um on ESPN, so um, it'll be interesting to see if they're in the top four or just outside the top four um, for the first poll of the rankings. But that was our college football rankings, and now we'll uh, transition over to NFL uh, right when we come back. As we get into the NFL action, we talked a lot about this one on the big segment coming up. It was between the 6-1 Packers and the 7-0 undefeated Arizona Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. Packers coming in banged up. No number one rollout out in Devontae. No number two in Lazard. Uh, I mean, MVS, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and number three in Alan Lazard. Um, a lot of practice squad receivers playing in this one. Amai Roger getting his first really significant play time for the Packers. Randall Cobb. Who is um he's been out there but not been uh, very active this season, getting a lot more reps, uh, a lot more pass plays for the Packers, uh, trying to get it to Aaron Jones and a lot of just time-consuming long drives to waste time and keep the ball out of the hands of the Cardinals. And it was a very successful game plan for Matt Lafleur and the Packers as they uh, almost had control of the ball for uh, two thirds of the game. I think it was like around 37, a little over 37 minutes for the Packers and a little under 23 for the Cardinals. So um, Packers were able to keep the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands. The defense played incredible for the Packers, forcing turnovers. Uh, rough day for Kyler Murray. He threw one interception um, that led to Packers points. Um, they also had a lost um, fumble that uh, led to Packers points. The Packers also had a punt um, that was muffed by Rondell Moore uh, that led to only a field goal. It should have been could have been a lot worse for the Cardinals as it was turned over right on the three yard line. And then, um, so um, the Packers played incredible. It was a rough day for the Cardinals' offense, but I'm sure they'll be back um, next week. And um, yeah, um, Packers played well enough to win this one. They should have put the game away on the goal line late, but they couldn't punch it in and end up turning it over on downs, giving Kyler Murray time to play hero. And even with how poor they played, and he played, go out and win it as he leads them 95 yards from their own one to the Green Bay six 
only for a miscommunication to lead to an interception in the end zone intended for A.J. Green. As A.J. Green obviously didn't expect the ball to be thrown to him as he doesn't even turn around and it um, is intercepted by uh, defensive back Rasheel Douglas, who was two weeks ago on the Cardinals practice squad, ends up beating his formal team uh, for the Packers. The Packers defense was banged up too. We didn't really mention that, but uh, starting corners Jair Alexander and Kevin King were not active. And um, not to mention defensive coordinator Joe Barry wasn't there, but the Packers defense comes up big and play great in this one, shutting down the Cardinals offense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers really placed game manager, only going 22 of 37 for 184 and two touchdowns. Um, but but the, it was a, also a good day for the backs and uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, Aaron Jones was actually the Packers' leading receiver in this one. And the Packers sneak out of here with a win, and it's a big win over the Cardinals. Puts them on top of the NFC and technically on top of the NFL as them and the Cardinals and a couple other teams. Well, a couple other teams are 7-1 too, but um, – they're right there um, tied with some people ahead of technically ahead of the Cardinals with the tiebreaker uh, with some 7-1 teams in the NFC. Um, but um, big win for the Packers, and that's seven wins in a row. So they're the hottest team in the league after that 38-3 loss in the opening week to New Orleans. But um, I'm sure the Cardinals will find their footing back and be right back um, soon. But our next game was between the Panthers and the Falcons. The Fa- uh, Panthers looking to avoid a five-game losing streak after starting off 3-0. The Falcons looking for another win if they've um, – the offense has looked better. Matt Ryan's had a pretty good season. Uh, they came to this one at 3-3 three and three after that win over the Dolphins the last week. Um, the Panthers off that embarrassing loss to the Giants. And um, – the Panthers finally got themselves one. Chuba Hubbard had a big day with uh, 24 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Darnold struggled again, barely completing 50% of his passes for only 129 yards. But Matt Ryan threw two interceptions, and both offenses struggled enough for the Panthers to pull away and win this one, 19-13, on the road in Atlanta. So um, finally the Panthers win again. They get back to 500 4-4. Um, but they're going to need to figure out quarterback in this offense and get McCaffrey back soon if they want to be a playoff team as uh, they're in real trouble after they had a great start just to lose four games in a row. But um, big win for the Panthers to get back to 500 and tough blow for the Falcons uh, if they wanted to be um, in the playoff hunt um, for maybe a lower NFC seed. This, this NFC is still stacked. Um, but uh, tough play for the Falcons. Good win for the Panthers. Our next game was between the one and six Dolphins and the four and two Bills. The Bills were coming off the bye week, favored by thirteen and a half, and the Dolphins had just lost a heartbreaker to the Falcons. And um, as really expected, they lose this one, twenty six to eleven, to their AFC East rival. Josh Allen has a big day with um three total touchdowns, two through the air, and one on the ground. Um, Tua struggles again as he has uh, from injury, throwing an interception, not um, not throwing for very many yards, only two hundred on the day, um, which two hundred on the day used to be a regular day in the NFL, but uh, today's world, uh, if you don't get three hundred, it seems like it's pretty poor. Um, but I don't even know what to say about this Dolphins team. They were ten and six last year, and they are one and seven this year. Already beating out um, 
last year. They have more losses this year. And there's a lot more to come, it looks like, from this team. So, um, sorry, Dolphins fans. At least you'll be in position for a um, good draft pick, it looks like. Um, this one also catapults the Bills right back to the top of the AFC with the uh, leaders, the Cincinnati Bengals, losing this week, as we'll get to uh, in just a minute. Um, but um, they're right there with the Ravens, who are on by this week, too. But um, good win for the Bills. Gets them right back on top of the AFC. Um, our next game was between the 49ers and the Bears. The Bears, um, without head coach Matt Nagy, who tested positive for uh, coronavirus. And uh, Justin Fields really has his one of his best showings of the season without the head coach in the building, going 19 of 27 for 175 yards, a touchdown in the interception but adding 10 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So Fields played well enough to give them a chance, but um, Jimmy Garoppolo played better uh, as expected from a veteran compared to a rookie. Going 17 of 28 for 322 yards, no touchdowns and no turnovers, but um, Mitchell uh, for the on-the-ground game had a big day too with 18 carries for 137 yards and a touchdown. And... Um, this was a very competitive back-and-forth game, um, only being 13. It was very competitive in the second half, only being 13-9 uh, and nine at the half. Um, but the Niners outscored the Bears 17-7 to seven in the fourth quarter and come um, come from being down once 16-15 uh, to, to start the quarter and win this one 33-22 to get them back to one game back of 500 as they get 3-4, and four, and this drops the Bears to 3-5 and five off back-to-back -to -back tough losses to the Bucks and now this game with the Niners. Our next game was between the Steelers and the Browns. This was the AFC North battle that I thought could be very competitive. Baker Mayfield was back on the field um, with the uh, Shoulder injury, I believe it was for him. Um, that's going to need surgery, but they're hoping to do it in the off season. And um, the Steelers have really come back. They started season one in um, one and three, but were able to grit out two uh, wins uh, and get back to three and three. And uh, they'll keep it rolling going to four and three. This one uh, leapfrogging the Browns in the division, um, who they dropped four and four. Um, rough go for the Browns, who in preseason were expected to be some of the AFC favorites. Um, but uh, they're still back of the Ravens, and they're still technically behind the um, Bengals. They have the same amount of um, losses, but the Bengals play one more game, have uh, more wins, and um, they have the tiebreakers. They beat the Steelers earlier this season. But Big Ben has a pretty good day for himself, pulling 22-34 for 266 and a touchdown. Najee Harris also with 26 carries for 91 and a touchdown. Um, Nick Chubb kind of struggles uh, with his first game back from injury, going six, uh, 16 kit totes for 61 yards. Um, Mayfield played all right, um, but the Steelers um, were able to just stay in the game. Um, rough two-point conversion attempts for the Steelers as they were 0-2. I'm not um, – as they just wanted to go for two and rather than um, PATs um, in this one for some reason. But the Steelers eventually win this one 15-10. And um, very good defensive game for Pittsburgh and um, big win to get um, back on top of Browns and get above 500 this season for the first time. 
Um, our next game was between the Eagles at two and five and the zero and seven Lions, and I thought that this could be a competitive game for the Lions. The Eagles defense struggled, but I thought that the um, offense for the Eagles would get it done. And um, yeah, the Eagles did more than enough to cover the three point spread. As they won this one forty four to six. To drop the Lions to 0-8. So, and um, I don't really have much more to say about this one. The Eagles run game was on fire. With uh, Boston Scott and uh, Jordan Howard combined for four touchdown runs. Uh, with Miles Sanders on IR for the Eagles. And um, yeah, the Eagles offense just dominated this one. And blow out the Lions. Ruffco, the Lions, is, they are 0-8. But they've been... They were competitive with the Rams last week. I was hopeful they could be there or be competitive with the Eagles again this week, but they were not. So rough go for the Lions. But hey, half almost halfway through the season now with 17 games instead of uh, 16 as it's always been. Well, as of recently, um, and the Lions are in position to get the number one pick as long as they keep it. Winless uh, with the one and seven Dolphins and the uh, one win Jaguars uh, and Texans, and who we'll talk about later, um, still lurking. Our next game is between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts, and this was another one that I thought was going to be competitive, uh, as it always is in a rivalry game. Especially, um, this was the Titans eventually win this one over the. Colts uh, get six and two and drop the Colts three and five. It's been a rough go for the Colts as they've lost some very close games, including this one 34 to 31 in overtime. But the big loss for the Titans is uh, Derrick Henry being out several weeks, possibly for the rest of the season. Maybe he'll be back postseason or maybe he'll sneak back in there at the end of the regular season. But um, he, the Colts defense really held him in check with 28 carries for 68 yards, obviously injured. Tannehill um, turned the ball over twice, but uh, had three touchdown passes in this one. A.J. Brown had a big day. Um, Carson Wentz also had three touchdowns and two interceptions. So um, it was just a back-and-forth battle between the rivals. Um and the Titans were uh, able to eventually win it in overtime. Um, tough loss for, uh, once again for the Colts, as I mentioned. They've lost now two very games that they should have won, probably, with this win against the Titans and blowing it against the Ravens. So they could, they still haven't beat anyone over 500, but they could have beat two of the best teams in the AFC. So, um,. Tough for the Colts. I think this team is better than their three and five record shows, and uh, we'll see where they can go from here. But it looks like their playoff chances are getting slimmer and slimmer by the week. Um, our next game is between the Cincinnati Bengals and the New York Jets, and this was one that I wrote off without much analysis that the Bengals were going to beat the Jets. They were on top of the AFC. They just blew out the Ravens. And looked uh, great offensively last week. And this Jets offense has been very poor this season. And then um, then Mike White happened for the Jets. Um, just on fire in his first career start going 37-45. 
for 405 yards, three touchdowns, um, two interceptions, but just leading this Jets team to um, 500 total yards, uh, 414 through the air and 97 on the ground, and one explosive offensive day for the Jets. Who would have thought um, uh, with Zach Wilson being out injury? Um the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow didn't have a bad day. Three touchdowns and only one interception. But, um, I mean, it's just tough to win, uh, especially like that when you give up that many yards and the defense plays that poor. But uh, Bengals lose it to shootout to the Jets. Who would have thought as the Jets get to two and five? Head um, of their uh, roommates in MetLife Stadium with the Giants. Uh, We'll get to them in just a minute. Our next game was between the 6-1 and one Rams and the 1-6 and six Texans. And um, this game was about as I expected through three quarters with the Rams being up 38 to nothing, uh, cover, easily covering that 14.5-point spread. And then the Texans scored 22 on hits in the fourth and uh, only lose it by 16. Another, um, another decent day for David Mills. Um, Stadford had himself a good day, um, but, um, Rams, you might want to, um, improve that defense a little bit as they really have as, um, they just acquired Vaughn Miller from the Broncos to pair up with Ramsey and Donald and that defense is looking scarier. Um, but, uh, 22 on answer in the second half is not good, especially against a team as bad as the Texans, um. But, uh, yeah, the Rams get the win. They get 7-1. And, and as previously mentioned, the Cardinals fall. So the Rams are back only a half game from leading that division with the tiebreaker so far home to the Cardinals uh, with one game more to go between those two NFC West rivals uh, later this season. Um, next game is between the Patriots and the Chargers. Chargers coming off a bye and before that a brutal blowout loss to the Ravens. Um, the Patriots were coming off thumping the Jets 54 to 13. So I'm sorry, but come on, Bengals. And um, the Patriots got back 3 and 4. This was a team that I said at the beginning of the season that I thought could be a sneaky uh, lower seed playoff team. And I even on Thursday said that this game I thought was going to be very competitive. And Belichick has would have himself a field day with a young quarterback like Justin Herbert, no matter how good he's been playing this season, and it would be um, neck and neck with these two, um, unlike people expected. And um, it was right there, um, very back and forth. Um, it was a very close game. Only Chargers only leading at 14 to 13 at the half. And then um, it was 17 to 16, heading to the fourth Chargers, and a pick six. Um, in the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, just breaks it for the uh, Chargers as the Patriots are able to pat in a field goal to get the lead to 10, get it two scores with uh, under two minutes to go, and just salt away this one despite a late touchdown pass from Herbert. And the Patriots get the upset 27-24. This is one that I talked about on Thursday that I thought the upset could happen, but um, it wasn't completely sold in the uh, – Patriots enough to pick them, and it's a tough uh, go as the Patriots uh, knock off the Chargers. 
As we get into our last couple games of the week, we had the one and five Jaguars and the two and five Seahawks in a must-win game. Both of them really will. Jaguars pretty much already done, but must win for the Seahawks if they want any chance at the playoff with Russell Wilson coming back from his uh, finger surgery later uh, in the coming weeks. But um, Jaguars coming off the bye, Seahawks coming off the tough loss, uh, 10-13 in New Orleans, and before that 10-13, the Pittsburgh in overtime. Uh, they're favored by three and a half in this one, and they easily do that, winning it 31-7, to destroying Jacksonville. Rough day for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, rough season for Trevor Lawrence. This is rough season is going by. Uh, and the Seahawks win this one to get three and five. Um, our next game is between Washington and uh, Denver. Uh, Washington two and five, coming off the tough loss to Green Bay with um, failure to score in the red zone, really. Um, and the Broncos were coming off that tough loss on Thursday night football to Cleveland, seventeen to fourteen, as they just couldn't punch it in. It's, um, they just couldn't um, upset the Browns, even with how shorthand they were, with both their starting backs down, um, starting quarterback out, uh, banged up uh, Browns team, and the Broncos win it to get back to 500 at 4-4 four and four, uh, with a 17-14. Um, I mean, sorry, with a 17-10 win over Washington this week. Our last game before we get to the two primetime games was between the 6-1 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the 4-2 and two Saints. Very great matchups between these teams last year with Drew Brees and Tom Brady. The Saints taking both of the regular season games and the Bucks taking the playoff uh, game in the divisional round uh, on their way to the Super Bowl win last year. The Bucks were coming off that dominating 38-3 win over Chicago and were looking to get a couple of big pieces back from the injury. Um, heading into this one, the Saints were coming off, which we just talked about beating Seattle last week, 13-10, in a very tough offensive day. And the Saints in this one would have some trouble if they lose Jameis Winston. Season-ending injury early in this one, and it looked like it was going to be bad. But Trevor Simeon comes in and comes to the rescue for the Saints, uh, helping this team get up 23-7, to uh, seven, I believe. And um, even with Tampa Bay's furious comeback, they were able to hold on and eventually win this one 36-27. They took a 29-27 to lead late in the Fourth, and it looked like this was going to be another time we see this same movie where Brady comes on the field and takes the uh, Bucks down to win it, and instead he throws a back-breaking pick six um, to seal the game for the Saints, um, and they win it thirty-six to twenty-seven. They get to five and two. They're right back in the mix uh, around the top of the NFC, and even have a uh, dominating win over the Packers. Uh, uh, we talked about when we talked about their game. Uh, at the start of the NFL, and the Bucks lose this one. Um, another tough loss. They've lost to the Rams and the Saints now, um, as they drop to six and two. But I think the Bron- uh, Bucks will be fine. I think this offense um, will get um, will get back in shape. They just didn't need to start as slow as they did, and the defense only get better as they get pieces back and those corners back healthy. And the offense really, I don't. Um, Still, as Gronk comes back and gets healthy. So, um, we'll see where the Bucks go from here as we get into our Sunday night football game with the 5 1 Cowboys with Cooper Rush starting at quarterback for the injured Dak Prescott against the 3 3 Vikings. Um, this was a game that I thought was going to be very competitive, even if Dak Prescott had played, um, which it, when I, at the time of recording, said he was supposed to, but even more so when I found out that he wasn't going to play and Cooper Rush was going to start at quarterback. And, um, 
yeah, the Cowboys offense was still able to do enough to win this one, 20 to 16, and get to six and one. Um, the Vikings dropped three and four. Um, but Cooper Rush that was good enough for the Cowboys, to, um, despite all the adversity uh, with Prescott being out. Um, this Cowboys team keeps winning since start one and no with the loss to the Bucks and a game that they could have won that game really too. And our last game of the week for NFL was Monday Night Football between the Giants and the Chiefs. The Giants at two and five. Um, well, I guess they have the same. Um, they have one more loss now than the Jets. I thought that, I didn't realize the Giants had two wins. I forgot they beat the Phantoms last week. And the uh, Chiefs at three and four, coming off that blowout loss to Tennessee last week. They were favored by ten in this one. And Mahomes and the Chiefs offense struggles again. Um, Struggled to move the ball, struggled to score, and the defense um, didn't play as um, as bad. But then again, they were playing the Giants' offense. They were favored by ten in this one. They went at twenty to seventeen, and they need a um, field goal right at the end to win it. Um, and rough cut for the Chiefs as they get back five hundred four and four. And um, this season might be as good as over for them. It does not look like. Um, They'll be heading anywhere in the postseason or anything. Um, and last thing before we wrap up the episode is the uh, NASCAR Cup Series playoff race at Martinsville. Um, won by Alex Bowman, who was uh, previously eliminated from the playoffs in the 48 car. Uh, he got into a late race scuffle with Diddy Hamlin. But um, Bowman eventually wins this one. Chase Elliott was uh, locked into the next round via stage points after the first two stages to advance the championship race. Um, it was very close at the end. Um, Hamlin was pretty much in, too. It was very close at the end in points for uh, Truex, Bush, and Kislowski. Um, but Truex, despite the damage to his car, was able to pull it out and finish high enough in order to lock himself in the championship four. So we will go racing at Phoenix for the championship race this Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday, with Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. So it will be an all-Hendrick Motorsports Joe Gibbs racing affair. But uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes away with the championship and if Chase Elliott can successfully defend his championship from last year. But that's all we have for this week. Um, We'll be back Thursday for episode 10 for the picks for the week for college, NFL, and NASCAR. And um, thank you once again for listening, and have a great rest of your day.